Okie doke, fellow Horn Toad listeners. Okie doke. Here we are, Season 3, Episode 3 of the Clagato Veteran Podcast. And on tonight, I got six subjects for you. The first one is lo- the lonely death of an elder. Number two will be writing wills and funeral preparedness. Or, yeah. Uh, number three will be biracial babies conducting spiritual ceremonies. Number four will be preserving cultural traditions through public awareness. Number five will be wrestling audi- uh, <laughs> wrestling audiences not, not reported for the rise of COVID. And finally, number six is the transition from traditional to the modern world. And I am your host, Mateo Native Ravager, once again going at it alone. And tonight's episodes are pretty much all about the way everything is has been going by following the government's orders. And we all follow it, and it leads us to dead ends. What a surprise. So, uh, with that being the theme of tonight's episode, let's go ahead and get started because I want to hurry up and cover these subjects so I can start moving on with more episodes. So, let's go start off um, this (laughs) uh, episode three with the lonely death of an elder. So this first subject, the lonely death of an elder, is something that I'm apparently being asked to be a part of as far as being a pallbearer goes, but this was a, it it was an interesting subject for me to pick out because of the way this elder died, and the way he died was on a weekend, but he wasn't discovered until somewhere towards the middle of the week and it was uh, I think it was on a Wednesday or a Thursday uh, I believe it was a Thursday and the thing about the way this guy had died he was an old man he was about uh, in you know in his 80s somewhere early 80s I think early to mid 80s and this guy lived alone but he yeah the only family he has were like siblings and they're all you know pretty much up in age just like he is but the sad part about it is that the family, his siblings, the one he grew up with and, you know, that he's known all his life, they really don't care. I mean, they don't want to help pay for his funeral expenses the way I, the way I was told by his direct um, family member that's dealing with this whole thing. So that's, you know, that pretty much proves my point about this whole stay home and stay safe um propaganda that you know was being pushed all last year and the year before and as i've said before that only works for certain people but that's not a way to solve the problems because i don't know who came up with um stay home and stay safe um was it the government that came up with it and used that as part of the push to get everybody vaccinated or was it some citizen that uh, some some American that was really concerned about this whole 
quote-unquote pandemic, and then that's how they pretty much uh, wrote that down and became a slogan, just like Black Lives Matter, you know, when all that, when stuff like that happens and it gets attention, you know, it's kind of hard to tell who started it first or who was the first one, but anyways, so, you know, that's why I wanted to talk about this is because I've been really trying to get use this podcast as a vehicle to prevent stuff like this. I wanted uh, the people who listen to the Clagato Veteran podcast to kind of spread the word a little bit. Maybe some of the subject matters that I talk about, um, they kind of go out there and tell their friends and their family, coworkers, whatever, you know, just kind of not, not to have like a big giant discussion about it, but just in passing, you know, maybe what, what they call water cooler talk, you know, just kind of like, while you know they're amongst friends co-workers or families and say oh you know what that uh there's this idea that you know we're not really we really shouldn't be believing the government because they keep screwing us over constantly constantly time and again and they're the ones that put us in debt while we're the ones that have to keep paying taxes so how does that make sense that they get to tell us what to do in our lives You know, so that's the kind of uh, conversation piece that I was really hoping for. But um, this Clagatil Veteran podcast can only do so much. And I know that um, eventually, you know, yeah, you you will get tired of me talking. You will get tired of me bringing up all these subjects and, and, you know, going in depth into a lot of things. But you know what? Um, Like I say, you know, KTNN is not going to do it. And I wish I could have more time, actual public radio airtime to, you know, have like a little segment where I could discuss these things rather than uh, fussing and fighting my way through the, um, the weekly days, you know, schedule that I have in order to find time to do the podcast. But, um, so Anyways, the thing about this guy's death is that, yeah, it's sad because he didn't have any kids. I I think he was married at one point, but his wife passed on, I think. So he truly was living alone. And I don't know who found him or who found his body. But by that time, he was, you know, and and it's the wintertime. So, you know, at least he got preserved. I mean, uh, you know, it saved him that much that inside his home that he was preserved from the cold with the cold rather than if it was being summertime and he, you know, would rot a lot faster, you know. And so I, now the reason why, like I said, the other reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm being asked to become a pallbearer to help put him into the ground when his funeral, uh, when his burial comes. And, you know, for me, it's kind of hard to say no because it's, you know, it's, it was a lonely, it was a death of a lonely man, you know, a lonely elder. And, and the other thing that kind of really grinds my gears, you know, boils my piss is that the family really doesn't want to help out and pay all they said from what I was told was that they're, they don't have enough money. And yet, you know, what they're doing contradicts what they say because they're traveling around and they got new vehicles. So, you know, they do have you know, the opportunity to help pay, but you know what, as they say, karma is a bitch. So, you know, whatever befalls them, that's, that's got nothing to do with me. I'm just, I'm just here to help out. And, and, uh, this 
elder, he, he was not a veteran. So, it, but still, it doesn't matter, you know. It, it's just, it shouldn't happen. You know, people should be checking on their elders. And, you know, if I had known this guy was like that, you know, I would have at least tried to stop by every once in a while. But, you know, there's a lot of people... Uh, in the community that you don't know how they live and some of them, you know, they like their peace and quiet. So, you know, it really comes down to, you know, just whoever is close enough to that person to go check on them that that person feels comfortable with. And that's, you know, that's the best way I can do it. Think about it, which also leads me to another issue. How do we prevent these type of things from happening chr can only do so much um community health resources or whatever the hell it was um but i was also told chr could stand for community hellraiser and um well you know they can only do so much the chapter officials can only do so much and you know during something like this is it really like the family that should be looking out for them or is it just whoever has a caring heart that should go and check on these type of people that are not 100% able to live on their own, you know? Now, they could be handicapped or they could just be, you know, old. And obviously, you know, when you get old, you're not, you're not physically fit enough to do the things that you once were able to do. And... And that's where it kind of, um, it does cause a problem. Like, how do you fix this problem? How do you do it? And the only conclusion I can come to is that it's just a basic checkup. You know, just keep doing that. Just keep going back over there and check on them. You okay? You need some firewood? You Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Even though it's cold in the wintertime, you can still get thirsty. You know, it's, you've got to have water. Um, if anything above all else, you know, water is, will be, will be the main staple of what you need to survive and stay hydrated, you know? So that's, that's the conclusion I came to when I was thinking about this. And I was like, man, this podcast really hasn't done its job the way I was really hoping it would do. I was kind of hoping it would have caught fire by now. And I was kind of hoping that, you know, um, I would have a lot more guests come on and, you know, it could start to spread a little bit more to the point where others would want to do podcast. And once you do the podcast, you can set it up to where you can get money for podcasting, maybe even possibly going on YouTube and creating a channel and getting paid like that too. And then, then you have no excuse. Then you have money on the side coming in that you could go check on an elder or someone that's, you know, handicapped and maybe even like a little children that, you know, their parents aren't always there because they're out working. So, you know, even kids can freeze to death too, you know, if, or they could probably burn down the house if they don't know how to build a fire. So, um, this whole thing has just really made me kind of look at the, the way this podcast was set up. It was meant it, well, it still is meant to be a tool. <laughs> kind of sounds funny, but it, it's supposed to be like a resource. Let me rephrase it that way. This resource of having this podcast should be something that others could listen to. I mean, that's all you have to do is listen and it doesn't really re require much. And 
either take notes or put it into action. Like, well, that that's true. You know, I, I should go check on the, you know, so-and-so that I know of that isn't really able to take care of themselves. And especially if they have like dementia or mental problems or, you know, short-term memory and stuff like that, they may not know to get things ready in case the weather changes. And, you know, because unfortunately we can't save everybody. And that whole thing about stay home and stay safe, that man, I really questioned the hell out of that thing. And I really did my best to promote that. Yeah, that's only for the privileged people. Those that don't have to worry about taking looking after an elder. Those that don't have to worry about young children. Those that don't have to worry about those with mental problems. So yeah, it's easy for them. Oh yeah, go ahead. You know, stay home, stay safe. Don't spread the vaccine. It's like, yeah, that only works in some cases, man. But like I was saying before, um, those stay home, stay safe signs, they should have at least had like the suicide hotline on there and domestic violence hotlines on there. That way it, you know, it kind of shows a little bit of, um, understanding that, you know, not everybody can stay home and stay safe. So I don't know, you know, I don't, obviously I don't know too much about this elderly that, that passed away, like who this person was, but at some point someone might've just got tired and said, you know what? Che, stay home, stay safe, don't go anywhere, just be there. And, and then if he's like, why? Like, oh, there's a virus going on and um, I don't have time to take care of you because I'm too lazy or I'm too busy or whatever reason slash excuse there is, is probably why they told that elderly, stay home. And so the elderly, he don't know what to do, man. He's probably like, okay, well, I, I trust this person because they're younger than me and they got more uh, influence into the modern world. So, you know, I have no choice, but to take what they say at face value and go ahead and obey that. And then, you know, as far as the way this old man died, he could have just froze to death and, um, or he could have just went to sleep and just never woke up because it was so cold that his body just stopped. And while he was in like in a, in a dreamland state, but, um, you know, if he was, drinking alcohol that's really his his choice man because alcohol consumption is usually is usually coming from when there's frustration and things aren't working out and you know you kind of got the feeling nobody likes you nobody wants to help you so it's like a depressing drink that will make you forget about it not feel pain so Excuse me. I'm not making excuses for this old man, but um, I'm just saying that I understand what he could have been going through towards the last hours of his life, the last few days. He might, he might have, he must, he might have been hungry. He could have been hungry. He probably was hungry. But you know, when his funeral comes, um, from what I hear, there's hardly anybody that wants to bury him, and. I don't know if that, like I said, if this really falls on the, the family, does it fall on the community or does it fall on those people who pretend to care? And just because they can tell you, stay home, stay safe, get vaccinated, wear your mask. It's like, yeah, that's easy for you to say, because there are so much things going on behind the scenes that 
you can't always obey everything. And like I have said before in the podcast, season one, season two, is that in the military, or especially in the army, you know, it's kind of like a known thing that, and it's even talked about through the drill instructors, they'll say sometimes a, a soldier can't always obey orders. So if you're in that front line and let's say you're under heavy attack and someone tells you to go guard this tower over there, you may not be have time to run over there and guard that tower. You might just have to re-look at who's getting killed and how fast they're dying. So you might have to hold your position, as they say, and fire back and just, you know, keep that going for as long as you can. Or if that if that shed is really important and you're told to stay there and and, and keep fighting, you might have to run to that that little shed. It might have some um, valuable documents or other ammunitions in there that you might have to defend, save, make sure nobody comes in and takes it. So there's all different scenarios, but you know the main point is you can't always obey everything and. That's pretty much what I'm trying to not promote, but I'm trying to convey. I'm trying to have that well known that we can't always just stay home, stay safe. And, you know, yeah, these elderlies, you know, they it's it's easy to push them off to the side. I've seen how a lot of people do that. And I gave an example in episode one. I mean, episode one, season one about how I saw this old grandma uh, over at the Navajo Shopping Center in Gamerco. She was coming down that real steep um, incline uh, that comes out of the store. And and I saw... When when me and my mom got there, um, I helped my mom in, inside the store. Then after that, I came back and I sat down and waited. But during that time, this lady and her old son mother... They showed up and that lady helped out. I'm assuming it's her it's her mom. She helped her inside the store. They, and then after a while, that lady came out and she sat in the car. Then I saw that old must son coming out. And I was like, and I was kind of looked over at the vehicle next to me where that lady was. And she was on her phone texting or calling or something. And that old lady was, you know, walking down and, you know, people are just walking right by her. They're going up into the store. I'm like damn, is this the society we really become now? We're so apathetic that if this old lady had fallen, fell over and cracked her skull on the, on the pavement and bled to death, everybody would probably just stand there and just take pictures or just get on the phone. So what I ended up doing was I, I said, you know, to hell with this, this ain't right. So I jumped out and I walked up there and I I said, yeah, hey, she must son. And then she was, and she looked at me and she's like, oh shit, somebody's here to help me, you know? That look in her eye was, you know, really rewarding. You know, there's no other way for me to say it. So I, I helped her walk down real slow. And um, she was in Navajo. She was telling me how she was, you know, she hates going to town and she's getting old and she don't really want to be going anywhere. She just wants to stay home, but she has to come to town because, she has money and they need to buy things. And I just told her, you know, the only thing I could say was, oh, she must son. Oh, oh, you know, 
And when I walked her back to the car, that bitch that was sitting in there on her cell phone just looked at me and she says, oh, thank you. I didn't say anything to her. I just, you know, if anything, I would have gave her the middle finger. But, you know, in the presence of old must son right there, I didn't want to, you know, be an ass already, you know. So, but I wanted her to feel bad that a total stranger, stranger, a total stranger had to come over and help out, which I'm assuming is her mother, get back in her vehicle. So stuff like that, I, you know, it probably happens constantly, constantly all, all the time around the reservation, uh, all parts of the res. Well, not just on the res, but you know, around the, around the nation, around the globe. Uh, one more example is my sister. She, she had a, a medical checkup and I took her there and there was this, um, I don't know what kind of car it was. I think it was like a, I want to say it was a Lexus. So it was a, it was a brand new Lexus town car and there was this old white lady. She was walking towards it and there was already someone inside the car. And that old lady was on a, uh, like a walker, you know, she was kind of strolling out of the hospital and it was about a good, you know, I don't know, almost a hundred yards from the entrance to where the vehicle was. I, I wasn't really paying attention too much cause I didn't know that the car next to me was that old lady was going to that car. But as she got closer, she got closer to the car and I was like, oh shit, that's her vehicle. And then just when I was about to get out, she reached the, the passenger side door and she opened it. And the lady, the white lady on the other side, she was on her phone again. Then she got out, opened the door, opened the trunk, grabbed that walker, folded it, put it in. That old lady got in the passenger side and then the lady jumped in, they drove off. And I was like, damn, you know. At least park over there at the entrance so that old lady can get in or help her walk in or something. But anyways, so it's just it's just not a, a reservation thing is, is what I'm trying to say. But um, but I, it just kind of makes makes me wonder more and question about how everybody is listening to what the government says. I'm like, come on, man, really? All these Navajos are obeying the government saying, oh, yeah, mask up, mandate, um social distance. Oh yeah. I need to wear my words. You know, they had those plastic face shields. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Come on, you guys really, you think that's going to stop a virus that's microscopic? <laughs> All right, man. Hey, obviously my training in the military didn't do shit. Um, I'm guess I'm just a stupid idiot, you know, but that whole thing of just really obeying everything we hear is, I think is why we are the way we are nowadays. And that's why this old man, that's what he died for. He died for ignorance and he died for selfishness. And when I helped put him away, you know, I just, you know, just talked to his casket and just tell him, well, sorry, sir, but, you know, this wouldn't have happened under my watch. You know, I would, I would have definitely been there for you. But uh, unfortunately, the way things are, that's how... And that's how they pretty much turned out to be. So that was that's going to lead me into uh, the second subject of the night, which is will writing and funeral preparedness. Um, so let's just go ahead and uh, get started on that one now. <laughs> 